What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Marvel Unagi with Ross. How you doing, Ross? I'm great. You having a good week? I'm having a good month. July has been <laughs> very busy for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of cool Marvel stuff going on. Dude, I got to see Guardians finally. Which is awesome. I mean, I'm glad that you finally got to see 10 it. 10 out of 10, dude. Uh, listen, I probably gave it, I think, an eight and a half or a nine. I, it's not in my top five. The The first Guardians movie is my second favorite Marvel movie ever. So I, I don't know if that anything will ever top that just because that was so good. But man, it was the, the music. I love that it was like 90s music that was used in it. I loved the the cinematography, um, James Gunn's ability to so use um, CGI mixed with real world things. I think that that was something everybody was talking about with the movie, that it was like the Star-Lord body yeah. was an actual body that Nebula, like that was like a dummy when she's carrying him. So it could look more mm -hmm. realistic than CGIing a body. Oh yeah. Yeah. I loved it, man. Uh, the thing that I I've loved about every guardians movie, which was like tripled down here with all the rocket stuff was just how, how much you care about every single character in there and like every little bit of their life. Like it's just wild to me. And, uh, the ending, uh, where star Lord goes to see his grandpa was just, man, that was tough. Yeah. <laughs> he was so pumped to see him, dude. Uh, I loved it, dude. And I'm, I, I got to see it in the theater because I knew it was coming to Disney Plus in like, I don't know what, like a week or two from now. Oh, you so, did. You saw it in the theater. It. I know that you can actually rent it on Amazon or something like that. I thought that maybe you did that. Oh, so seeing it in the theater is such an experience. Oh, man. It was just so good, dude. Uh, the High Evolutionary was wild. He is wild such a character. You want to know what's funny is because that's not... Um, how he's depicted as much in the comic books as far as his look, but man, does he know how to act? And I think that yeah, James seriously. Gunn realized that when he was on, um, he was in Peacemaker. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, like the, the, like that liaison guy, I think I don't remember his name, but he was in Peacemaker and they're like, oh yeah, he got cast for, uh, this movie. And I'm like, okay, I, I like him. I'll trust, I'll trust James Gunn on his casting or the casting people. But yeah. Yeah, dude, I loved it. Uh, those movies, all three of them. I can't wait for the collection. I'm going to have to own them in some fashion. So <laughs> really good. Yeah. The soundtrack on all three of them makes the movies feel very cohesive, how it's evolved from that late 70s, 80s to that mm -hmm. 80s in, in volume two. And it's kind of moved into that early 90s with that uh, flaming lips space hog some of these like real cool like 90s maybe even hitting that 2000 mark but it was just it's a nostalgia trip i mean when you grew up in that time and now they're throwing that back with you it just was awesome one of the trailers that i got to see before the movie started was for the marvels have you seen that one yet i have and that looks awesome and i loved that they used intergalactic by the beastie boys in the trailer i know because i love that that video that song that album when it came out i loved the beastie boys at that time uh yeah i, I will say I, I wasn't sure what to think about it but after seeing the trailer i'm, I'm quite excited for the movie it looked kind of it looked a lot of fun it's interesting because the fact that Captain Marvel can't use her powers because if she uses her powers she gets thrown to another one of their, you know, the, the three of their, uh, like she gets displaced to wherever the other, wherever one of the other Marvels are. 
And that's why I feel like this is going to be very hard until they get together and they kind of figure out how if she throws a punch, she's going to know that this person's going to have to throw a punch too or do that. So like they're using their powers in connection with each other. So they have to really work as a unit. It's like, you know, how uh, football, all the offensive line have to move at the exact same time. And if one guy slips, they're not they're You know, the defense is going to get through. I feel like that's kind of this like whole structure. They have to work together actually work together yeah i'm excited about it and uh it just looked like it was going to be a lot of fun and pretty funny too so you know what and when i saw the trailer and i saw nick fury and i hadn't seen the last episode episode of secret invasion i was like okay so i guess he lives yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like i was like you know i wouldn't care like they kill off colby smolders again she's been in how many movies she's getting older um i find that i'm okay with killing off characters in these movies eventually you can't have every superhero still alive and eventually like you know we are human we're not comic books and we're not cartoons where they can just draw it forever so you know moving on from that i thought that they were going to um kill off nick fury and then maybe bring in somebody like everett ross as the new head of shield or bring in somebody else somebody else that we know or don't know um you know to be that that nick fury-esque character yeah what'd you think of secret invasion amanda i loved i loved it um i loved every episode episode five might have been my favorite episode when it ends where he goes to that tomb and, and nick fury gets his jacket and he grabs mm-hmm. the vial and he just walks out like it's like just like the wallet said in pulp fiction uh that's that's kind of without you know saying it live <laughs> you know you know yeah, yeah. um but it was just amazing it, uh episode six i loved how they did uh what's her name raya raya that she's gaia? that she was real gaia yes gaia was nick fury when she went there and how she was pretending to like be exposed to the um, the chemical radiation that's there and how that's how it would affect a human and not a scroll. But I was kind of like, I wonder if that's the case. And that's why when that other lady was in the hospital and she's like, Fury's here. And I'm like, hmm, maybe he is there and that really is Gaia. And she's going to end up, you know, with powers too. And I actually thought about that as it was happening. Yep. And then when it did, I don't know how you felt about that, but I, I was like, okay, so no, who, who can stop her? Yeah. Well, that was that was my only complaint of the whole show, and it's just a small one because I still loved it. And I thought the fight scene actually was really cool. Some people were complaining about that, but I, I thought it was rad. Um, but as soon as you got the call that said Fury was on the way, so I knew that that wasn't actually Fury. And I was like, right. okay, so it's Gaia. And so it, it, it ended up feeling a little bit flat to me just because I kind of saw it coming. But I thought the fight scene was rad. Yes. And um, I loved look, I loved watching all the powers of everyone, but I didn't understand yeah. when the machine was going through all the powers, why they listed some people as their name and some people as like whatever their their like their title. AKA. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't even catch that, to be honest with you. It was just weird. Like, you know, Groot was Colossus Floor. Like, it didn't say Groot. Like, Mm. but they said Thor Odinson. And then they said uh, Chitauri as like a race. Like, uh, it was just, um, I don't know, just nitpicking. But yeah. So do you think that Gaia is the most powerful now in the See, here's my thought process do you remember i don't and again i could be off because i did not love iron man 3 it's actually one of my least favorite marvel movies but remember when gwyneth paltrow gets the extremis 
Mm-hmm. And she becomes powerful in that. How, she doesn't have it anymore. How doesn't she have it anymore? I don't remember if Tony Stark figured a way to get it out of her or it just wears off. Like it's something that you need to keep doing to get right. it. So did this machine give them permanent powers or did it give them temporary powers? Like, will this be explained in that aspect where it's going to say, okay, these powers that you got were temporary. Like you, you have to keep getting them kind of like you have to keep up. Otherwise you're going to lose them. Yeah, that's interesting. Know. That could be know. true. I don't know otherwise. I mean, yeah. Uh, how do you think if uh, Gravik, Gra- what Gravik? Is it Gravik? Gravik. Yeah. Gravik. If he so. had, if he was in there at the same time, don't you think it? He, I don't know. Like, how was he? How did he lose so bad? She, I think she knew because her fault. Again, we, if you go back, Gravik. Uh, they all they all were helping Fury collect these these specimens, so they had to know what their powers were. And I think Gaia, oh, he, like um, she could call on them better than he could. Yeah, but but Gravik was just using them like brute force. Like right. when you imagine like some of these bad guys fighting, they're just fighting with their with their like they're just just raw force like the Hulk, where yeah. she was like okay we're both not going to win if we're both Captain Marvel. So she said, I'll be Mantis and I'll put him to sleep. Like Mantis did to Thanos. That's a really good point. And I think that she kind of realized what powers work against what, like if you, if you're, uh, you know, you say like these two powers are going to collide. Well, what power goes against that? Cause you know, he's going to pick that one because he thinks that's the strongest. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Have you, did you think about that prior or does, was that on the spot? Cause I'm impressed. No, I've been thinking about that. Cause I was thinking like, you know, how did she know all these powers? But then I remember like Fury saying and again, cause I watched it on, I watched it yesterday. So like, I've had a day and I have to think about this. And I thought about like, how, how did she know how to use these powers? And I'm thinking, well, her, her dad, you know, were like Fury's right hand people. Like they must've helped collect these. So they must've known what happened. And it's similar to, they must have known what happened where like how does he know who mantis is mantis was in you know mantis was was here but like did she say we had we almost killed thanos we had him asleep and then peter did this and so like she she's heard these stories she knows what's going on like i i don't know but that could be my only thought and graphic was just like all anger you know like uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't like the way this is going. So he probably thought and uh, was a little cocky about it. And he just kind of was like, no, no I'm, I'm just going to just try to use abomination fist and then a uh, Korg yeah. fist and then, and then a, a Groot fist and just like you know, punch <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I that I like that. Um, where does this sit for you in terms of MCU and uh, shows? Um, yeah. I still think Lo- Loki is still my favorite. I, I can not wait for season two. Um, Me too. I, it's still my favorite. I love the soundtrack. Love everything on that. But I will say, it's better than a few. But I like a lot of the shows. There's very few shows I didn't like, love, and those are ones that I haven't really rewatched. And what's funny is, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is one of the few that I have not. I've rewatched only once. Miss um, Marvel, I've rewatched once. I think. But some of them, like, I, I can watch Loki whenever. I've watched WandaVision, like, six or seven times. I mean, I've watched Loki probably a dozen times. But it's yeah. it's like there are some that I just, I want to watch more. Even Hawkeye. I loved Hawkeye when I saw it. But I didn't love how it ended. So I haven't rewatched it. And that's 
firsthand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved Hawkeye too. I forgot about that one until you just mentioned it. To be honest, because it was you. like it was, you know, it was one of those things where it's like it ended with the kingpin being super duper strong, and it ended with him and uh, you know uh, her talking, and I, I kind of felt like it, it got rushed at the end. Like that ending was like super rushed, and I was just like, all right, like I yeah. liked that Loki ended where he was in another TVA. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what? And I'm like, where's the next thing? I got to keep watching it. And you were, I was looking for clues because they're in these different, different like areas, realms, times, everything. And it was just kind of like, I can keep watching that to see even Miss Marvel because she travels between um, the, the two realms. Like I was watching for things and like looking for hidden things in, in the scenes. And I, I enjoy looking for little things. And uh Yeah. I was a little bit surprised that they started talking about Russia and Ukraine, and I wondered if they oh, had God. to like reshoot some of that stuff because I was like, I don't know. You know what they were talking and about? And like, if was, the ending changed at all from that? You remember the ending when they were in that room with all those people still plugged in? Uh-huh. Like that scene was—you didn't need that. But yeah. maybe that was more so there was more, like you're saying, maybe there was some other stuff, but because of all the conflict going on, they're like, we've got to cut some stuff out. We don't know. I mean, we don't yeah. know. Maybe they just yeah, feel yeah, like, yeah. eh, that didn't work. Like, but we really want to put yeah. this, that picture in because it was cool looking, but um. yeah, I like, I just was happy to see, I can't remember his name, but the dude, um, he was in uh, Black Panther. Everett Ross. He, he, yeah. Yeah. I was just yeah, stoked yeah. to see him. I it's love like, him. He's he awesome. Is. I think he should be the next Nick Fury. And I honestly like, you know, I mean, people could disagree or agree. If Nick Fury like goes, like he seems like he is the liaison to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. He was with the government. He's married to Val. And mm-hmm. Val is the head of whatever um, sword is she going to be the head of? I mean, or is she the head of, I don't know. I don't know what she's going to be. I forget what, what was Val the head of? She's making up the Thunderbolts team, I think. Um, but I would be oh, okay. interested to I would be interested to see if he became in charge of like the Avengers and she is ahead of the Thunderbolts and it's like husband mm. and wife they've got their teams they're gonna you know that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, so at the end there, when Gaia is um, kind of interrupted on her walk by that that lady and they team up at the very yeah. end, and then I'm saying you, then they go to you, that. Bill- so you think there's. I have no idea. And then they go to yeah, that building with all those people more? plugged in. And I'm like, so they have all these people plugged in. So so they're still mind controlling. They're still using scrolls to infiltrate uh, governments. But I think now they're using it to their benefit because they know that like th- there's things that they want to make sure they have control over. But Gravik was like a, uh, uh, you know, because he was a, um, a, a rebel. He was, you know, just this, you know, uh, guy who, who had this other thought process where he's like, you know, this is me. I don't know. I, I, I yeah. have no idea. I don't even, I don't think they should make another show. I think this is all going to end up concluding in armor wars. If armor wars comes out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. I thought it was oh. awesome. I thought it was awesome. I definitely want to rewatch it because I want to see if I can pick up more on, uh, I want to rewatch all the movies with uh, Don Cheadle since Civil mm-hmm. War, because with him not being able to walk, I want to see if there's any other clues that could potentially show that he was a scroll that whole time. Yes. Because he's wearing the same robes. How far back they had that plan. Right. It looks like he's in those robes that he was in when he was trying to learn how to walk again. Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. When you find out, let me know. (laughs) Give me me a couple weeks. (laughs) Um, You (laughs) want to... Yeah, let's get into some books, man. Yeah. Um, So uh, I've read a a whole bunch. Um, I will uh, start with something that I just read this week, which came out, which was Deadpool Better Blood 2. 
And I know you're going to be interested to read it, yeah. so I won't spoil it too much. But I will tell you, it's hilarious. Deadpool ends up fighting this new uh, villain, Shatterstorm, and he immediately oh, is like, okay. do you mean Shatterstar? Because <laughs> you look just like him. And it's like, that's uh, this, mo you know, Mojo world was like the world where they had all these like crazy other people happening. And I kind of don't know if, I, I don't know. He ends up in this place called Killville and he's very confused as to what's happening because there's all these time jumps and he's not sure, like, I don't remember getting to this part. And he's like, how did that happen? What What's actually happening here? Do I, do I, do I not have control of things? Am I losing my mind? And then um, all of a sudden he's uh, in his X-Force gear, the gray and black. And he's like, oh, doesn't remember what he, he doesn't remember what he just did. And you kind of find out, I mean, without, I'll give a little bit away that somebody is controlling him as if he's on a, a TV show and they mm. keep somehow being able to move him around. And he's like, what's happening here? And I think that they're trying to figure out uh, like the best setup to try to kill Deadpool. Like what TV show would work best? Would it be in his X-Force gear? Would it be during this age? And um, uh, it was just, it's just wild. It's funny. The artwork is awesome. There's, there's a whole bunch of like big panel spreads and uh, it just definitely pick it up. That's all. Yeah. That's all you need to know about that. Pick I it can't up, you'll wait to it. get into it. You'll yeah. love it. I, I know yeah. you. You'll you'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, the X Force gear Deadpool. That's my favorite run. Uh, Marvel run ever is the Uncanny X Force by Rick Remender, and uh, so I've always got a soft spot for. for and it's, the like, gray it's like two or three pages in it, so it's like it's cool. But like he references, and he's like, "I gotta save these people. I gotta do this." And but you're like, he doesn't know that he's like <laughs> not where he just was. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't wait, dude. Um. So next I wanted to go over, because again, I just want to go through a couple of these quick that I know that I don't think you're caught up on, but I read Loki 2 and Loki, Loki 2, I liked better than Loki 1. He travels to Nidavellir, which is, if you remember from Avengers, that's where Thor gets his hammer. That's where the dwarves planet is. And uh, so he realizes that one of the pieces from his ship. So he's trying to rebuild this ship that like the, the frost giants destroyed, like, and four pieces got scattered, three pieces, they got scattered all over, uh, you know, the, um, the realms. And he sees a piece there and it's this like axe that was made. And he goes there and he's like, I just need my axe back. You guys don't know what you're messing with. This is part of this ship that was built off of human bones like if you don't or built off of bones of people like if you don't give this this is this is a cursed sword he's basically warning these dwarfs and they're like we're not giving you back and he puts them in this dungeon um this book came out a few weeks ago so spoilers is fine because if people want to pick up after this it's getting pretty good um the dwarves say we're not going to do this we're going to put you in a dungeon and loki's just sitting there in the dungeon similar to thor the dark world where everyone's battling and he's just there and these dwarves are all fighting and you know there, there's now factions where one faction is like if you built that sword and you think i'm going to build one out of these dragon bones and this and that and mine is going to be stronger because i'm the dwarf who builds the best weapon because these dwarves are known for building these epic weapons and uh what ends up happening in the end is all the dwarves end up killing themselves except for the, hmm. the one who has Loki's sword. And Loki then, you know, he gets out of the prison because he's Loki. And he goes over to, or she, it's actually a, 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 I can't tell if it's a female or a male version of Loki in this. I think he becomes the female version halfway through. Like he just transforms his face like he can. And, um, you know, the this um, 
they're just they're just all battling and battling and uh the guy turns loki's sword i think into a bow and arrow maybe no he i can't remember anyway what ends up happening is is that they all basically die and the only one left is the one who has this crazy bow and arrow and loki's sword and loki's just like i told you not to do it he's like i I warned you i warned you that this is what would happen and now you're all dead and then it has like a, a one and a half page for the next issue where this guy, uh, I don't even know who he is, Muck something. He walks up to this guy, the owl, and he tries to sell him this weapon. And the owl opens this box and it like disintegrates him. And then he like leaves and and you see this sinister face on this Muck guy. That That's the next piece that Loki has to get. And it's in hmm. Midgard, so it's back on Earth. I remember you were saying before there was a lot to do with Loki's kids in the first issue. Is that still carrying over? No. In the first issue, it wasn't Loki's kids. It was Loki was... Loki That's left, what I uh, meant. Loki left um, Jotunheim, which is where the, the planet for the Frost Giants, or the, you know, and the Frost yeah, Giants, yeah. While, he, while he wasn't there, they messed with his ship. And he's like, he was treating them like kids. Like, come on, you, you broke my ship. That's what, so they broke his ship. So now that's why he's traveling around because these pieces in individual hands could destroy worlds. And like you just like in this issue, the dwarves killed themselves because of this. And I don't know what's going to happen on Earth with this next thing, but it's already proven that he. you just looked at it and it looked like something out of Temple uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You just looked at it and you just like died. Hmm. So it's interesting. I would say if good. someone wants, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. An- another book. It's short. I think it's only four issues. So it's only got two more, but that was cool. Um, and uh, now I mean, I want to get into something that I think was probably the best book I've read this week. And it was so long. I think I, I spent like over an hour reading it because I really wanted to get all the details. And that was X-Men's Hellfire Gala. This was insane. It starts out with you f- with Cap, not Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel finding out that she had just died and had been resurrected. So as I've talked in the past with X-Men, she was resurrected. X-Men have a mutant resurrection ability where they can resurrect you if you were a mutant. Humans are very despondent of it because they don't want people to, you know, how could you guys, you can live forever then. We can't, you know, we don't like you. And Miss um, Marvel finds out she now is not only inhuman, but she's mutant. And that's a big thing because the, mm. the back in the day, if you were a, in, if you were a mutant and you got hit with Terrigen Mist, it could kill you, just like it would kill a normal person. But if you remember Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when they had the Terrigen Mist hit you, and this is the easiest way to depict it for someone who doesn't really read all the comics but remembers that show, you would either crumble and die or you'd break out as an inhuman. So she broke out as an inhuman, we'll say, and her her mutant gene was kind of based on what they're saying here was kind of put as like a relapse. Like it was hidden inside of her and uh cerebro when she died, recognized that she does have a mutant gene in her. So they were able to resurrect her. They still don't know what her mutant gene is like her embiggening skills are her inhuman skills is what they're saying, but they don't know what her actual mutant ability is, which I thought was very interesting. And they were trying to get her to come out uh, the first half of this book was like her come out at the Hellfire Gala and say, I am both inhuman and I am both mutant. And so that she could bridge the gap between humans, mutants, inhumans to try to get people to realize like we're all the same. We can all get along. We can live as one. Uh, well, that 
that ends quick because Orcus shows up and Orcus is this organization that has proven that they hate mutants. And, you know, I mean, you've got uh, an evil version of Mr. Sinister on their team. Um, you have uh, 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 Dr. Stasis, um, which is one of the versions. So in this story, again, I'm going to try this real quick. In this story previously, Nathaniel Essex is the original you know, person who was Mr. Sinister, but they made a few uh, issues ago in one of the Fall of X books that he created three android versions of himself and one of his wife. And there was a Mr. Sinister, there was a, I think, Orbis Solaris, and then a, uh, a Dr. Stasis. And then he also created, uh, I forget what his wife was now, but someone will remind me when they see this or hear this. Um, <laughs> but Anyway, one like they they're all trying to conquer. They all think they're the real sinister, but none of them are, according to this now revised history. Nathaniel Essex is dead. All three of these people are android versions, copies of him that he made that have lived for hundreds of years. Whereas previously, it was stated that Mister Sinister was uh, uh, like a, a Jekyll and Hyde version of Nathaniel Essex. Um, anyway, so he controls this Orcus group, and this Orcus group comes to the Hellfire Gala, and uh, they they do a lot of killing and a lot of defeating, and uh, they find out that there's like I don't want I don't want to give too much away, but like there's there's a lot of like innuendos to like what it is to be a mutant, and how much do you really care about humans, and are you willing to sacrifice your world for? the benefit of humans and how much do you trust these people? Like they're putting you in this position of like, you, 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 there's, there's no way out. Um, and some people want to fight it and some people don't. Uh, Nimrod is in this. He's one of the crazy, he's like that ultimate sentinel that like, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't destroy. Like, I, I don't even know how, how anyone destroys him, but um, yeah, it was just an insane book with a crazy ending um, a lot of people that you wouldn't expect to be destroyed, defeated, are gone forever. And um, that's why it's the next, ne- this next couple of months is the fall of X. I would highly recommend if you want to get into X-Men, pick this up, read it. Even if you don't understand everything, it gives just enough for you to feel like okay, I kind of get a concept of where everybody is. And if you know X-Men at all, you're going to see Storm. No, you're going to see Professor X. You're going to see Jean Grey, Cyclops. You're going to see like these these usual faces of people that you're used to seeing. So it's not as if you're not going to see some familiar people. Um, some of the people I didn't even like, there was this guy who like makes like suits and he's making a suit for Miss Marvel. I, I, don't, I don't remember who he is. Like I, I don't remember. It's like, uh, he, I have no idea. I'm like, all right, he's, he's the suit maker. <laughs> yeah um was in the what show was that in where somebody was making a suit from with that dude oh and, right um she hulk yes she hulk you're right yeah where the guy was the guy had to make this like ex, the stretchy thing and then he also yeah. made daredevils things uh-huh. so um this guy's name is jumbo carnation <laughs> in this and he has a big belt on that almost looks like a, a wwe belt Okay, and he's got a fur coat, and he just looks like he's all smiles. He's like, "I'm gonna make you look fabulous." (laughs) It was really good. I I love this Hellfire Gala. It's just it's been so good as a one shot, and then um, it's gonna continue on. I think where does it continue? 
uh, X-Men 25, and then Astonishing Iceman, and then Children of the Vault. Um, so all, well, Astonishing Iceman is actually a brand new series, and I think it's only four or five issues. So I would definitely suggest, like, if you want to get in on something, pick that up. Because if that's what's coming out after this, and Iceman has some crazy stuff happen to him in this book. So I want to know what what that what the Astonishing Iceman, if it's going to tie into this or if it's going to be independent. Um, and I can't wait for uh, X-Men 25. I've heard I've heard some people give their early kind of previews on Iceman, you know, and uh, people are saying it's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I, the Iceman run from the early 80s is one of my favorite. I own two sets of it, one for reading, one that's CGC'd. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited, too. The artwork looks fantastic in it. In Hellfire Gala or in Iceman? In Iceman. I, I just one last thing. Hellfire Gala has not just one artist, not just 10 artists. I think, let's see. It has one, two, three. It's Adam Kubert, Luciano Vecchio, Matteo Loli, Russell Dowderman, Javier Pina, Arby Silva. It's it's literally Dang. like, that's how many artists they used in this book. Wow. So you might see different styles. It's just, it's bonkers crazy how cool it is. Uh, but yes, and, and it's like a thick boy. Oh yeah, that's why I said it took me like an hour to read because it's very text heavy and it's thick. It's not they a Jeff Lemire that, thick, right? <laughs> they have that uh, typical sort of like prose, like thrown yep. in every once in a while that Marvel's yep. been doing these days. Yep. They have, like they have two, two of those where it's just a page of writing, and you want to yeah. read it because it's really important to the story. Yeah, you want to read it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I get to well, them and I'm like, I don't want to read this, but I guess I have to. It's perspective. <laughs> I've I've gone through books where I'm like, I don't have the time and I don't read it, but I probably should. But I but yeah. I, I in this book, I really wanted to gain every little bit. So I read it so detailed and so carefully. You're a better man than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um. So, yeah, what do you want to talk about next? Dude. I want to know about Fantastic Four, where you're at, what's going on. I think I've read up to six, and uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Clobbering Time. I do have all of them ordered, haven't got them yet, but I did read issue one. Uh, it was finally made available on Marvel Unlimited. And just really quick on Clobbering Time, it wasn't what I was expecting at all. It was way different. Right. The artwork it's, was great, though. The funny thing is, when I first read it, that was exactly why I was like, wait a second, this isn't like I thought it was going to be these one shots because yeah. the covers that I had seen initially were just like, okay, it's like him and Doctor Strange, it's like him and Hulk, it's like him and Wolverine. And it was like all of these different characters, I'm like on the covers. So I was like, all right, I guess they're just like one shot, you know, mini stories. But it is a great five story arc. And at the end of the fifth issue, it says to be continued or not to be continued, but like, the last page where it tells you like what issue to read next is Fantastic Four number 10. So I'm interested to see in Fantastic Four number 10 because I'm up to nine. If um, if it's going to be, if that's what's going to happen, if it's like they're going to be like the thing is still recovering from this pocket universe issue where he had this stuff go on and clobber in time or if they're going to keep it independent. And that was just a way to get people into Fantastic Four. Like you've been right. liking clobbering time. Check out Fantastic Four, please. Right. 
<laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> as far as like, I hope a lot of people are. I hope a lot of people are reading Fantastic Four because uh, oh, so I wanted to continue. It's just been fantastic. When you when you're so you're up to six. When you read a issue seven, I want you to read issue seven, eight, nine. Even if you don't get up to ten, for the next time we talk, because seven was crazy and eight and nine bring back a, a villain from pre pre Marvel superhero age. Hmm. They bring back a villain from like. Uh, I forget if it's Tales to Astonish or Strange Tales, like before, like before the issue that everybody knows, like this is the one where you know this happens, like there when they had those weird monsters. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, issue six was cool, um, and uh, it just it's it's just really really like there. It's fun because they're they're uh, eight and nine or eight, like they're they're one story. So you read eight and nine together. Like if hmm. you get both, if both come available, like you don't have to read, read seven, seven, super thick. Um, I will, only thing I will say about seven, I, all I kept thinking while I was reading it is this is Groundhog's Day, but for Marvel. Oh, I love that movie. Like, no, it was I'm really just, excited to check it out. It was just like, I'm like, okay. And again, and again, <laughs> um, and that, that during that, that part, it was really, really fun. Um, but issue six, was the one that you got got up to and what did you think of the like that slime from issue five coming back when they were in that crazy dimension well when they drove like first of all you know they're they're uh sanitizing the thing because you know they don't want any of it on him and so they think that the problem's done and then they pull away and there's like a puddle of it under the car and a bird lands in it so i'm like oh no it's gonna get everywhere and uh so then when six starts up and sure enough this stuff is just spreading and it's wild dude uh i just like this idea like how interesting these things are that that Ryan North is coming up with. And it's probably uh, something that's just cool about the Fantastic Four, right? Because they deal with all this like wild scientific stuff. And uh, this like weird, mo- I don't know what, mold or germ or whatever. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it th- it's like, and this was wild too, because when they went to that other universe, they were them, but everything was flipped, right? So they couldn't actually right. live uh, in the world because they couldn't eat the food. Like they could eat it physically, but they weren't yeah. going to process it, which was just a hilarious scene, dude. Where they're all running to the bathroom and they just can't keep their burgers down. And uh, so that it's just such a cool concept and such a wild idea. And then this mold that came back with them is you know thriving in this situation and uh right it, it, it like lives through just devouring our our resources yeah so it's living in the water it's eating the ground it's going to destroy the crops and they have to figure out a way to stop it and uh you know what do they do um yeah invisible woman i mean uh, sue storm she creates a invisible shield that blocks the sun because it needs sunlight that's why it's thriving to survive and she figures if she can go high enough in the atmosphere and she can create a big enough barrier and hold it for three days mm-hmm. but she just ha- but when it's dark out she doesn't have to hold it so she just has to hold it while it's light out and and uh and then uh you know johnny's up there with her uh to keep her company to make sure she's okay and they they have like a spaceship but like I, I, you could see her struggle by the end. Oh, yeah. She's like, I don't know how much more I can do of this. And then she thinks like, 
at the end, they finally, they get home, they save the planet, everything is good. But meanwhile, on the planet, they're like, you shut off all the lights. How could you do this? You monsters, there's riots everywhere. You guys should be in jail. And then they're doing all those things. And they're like, you don't understand. Like, we're doing this for your benefit. But it's the Reed Richards things that we've talked about where he's just like, I know better than yes. you. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. And that just keeps coming back to bite him. But dude, uh, when they're in that other universe, I forget who sent them there, but that crazy wizard guy. Uh, oh God, I forget. Well, I don't know was. if he sent them there, but he's the reason yeah. they went there. But the artwork when they're down there was just so oh, good, yeah. man. Kind of reminds me of like Guardians of the Galaxy theme stuff. Like when you watch the movies where it's like this wild atmosphere. Yes. And like they always, the Guardians in the movies always end up in these wild planets with crazy terraforming. Like that's what it was. The terraformed world that they were in was just like psychedelically drawn. Yeah. The artwork's insane. I think Fantastic Four artwork is, it, it's one of my favorite artworks for, for any book. Forgetting Definitely. just Marvel. It's, it's, it's up there. Yeah. It's just so clean and bright and exciting and um i was gonna say with clobbering time it's funny when you brought up the food issue wait till you get to issue four um and the thing the thing uh is not very happy with this food selection <laughs> okay <laughs> it's, it's it's actually really funny and he just harps on it the whole time in the whole the whole issue uh yeah i can't i know i've loved both of Fan- fantastic four and clobbering time so i'm excited to keep up with them uh, and I think I've got one more issue to read of, of Ghostlight because I think I've read through three and there's four. Oh, you right? haven't finished Ghostlight yet? I thought you did. I thought we talked about that already. No. Did we talk um, about it? Did you I think only up? We might have talked about it, but for me, I think I've only been able to read up to uh, issue three. Okay. Okay. I definitely. Um... I definitely think, uh, yeah, ne- next time you, yeah, you got three issues. Uh, if we can talk about that, I know I want to, I want to get onto new books, but I want you to catch up to some of those, at least so we can go over what you thought of the endings of them. Cause as much as I like to talk, yeah. I like to hear what your thoughts are on so that somebody else yeah, yeah, from me. For sure. like I, I know my opinions and I know what I love, but if you say that, wow, that was a great recommendation or you like that fell short for me. Uh, but at least we can kind of, you know, have that. Yeah. Definitely. I do have the clobbering times on order, so I think I'll be able to pick those up in about a week. Uh, so awesome. I'm excited to to get those in my hands. And I do yeah, have I mean, Loki issue one, so I should probably read it. You can read it. If you if you heard what I just read, said about issue two, and you read issue one, and you're not bothered by the fact that it's in that font of like Asgardian. I right. felt like issue two wasn't as much of that. I felt like issue two, it felt like it. maybe I just got used to it. I don't know, but I, I felt like that it was it was definitely a little bit better. Um, but there's so many books I'm like I can't wait to keep reading, keep reading all these Marvel books. And then another one I kind of want to read uh, that was put on my radar uh, by a buddy on um, Instagram is Hellcat. He says it's really good. One of his favorites that he's reading right now on Marvel. So I might pick that up. I, you know what's funny is, is that I I see it because it's an X Men tie-in. It always comes up in the back of it, and I just—I've never read it, so maybe I pick it up too. I've—I've never—I have no idea. I've never, um, never read any Hellcat. Uh, but he says uh, of Hellcat that it's a murder mystery wrapped up in a superhero bow. So, you know, I'm in. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited to check it out. And the first two issues are unlimited, so I'll probably try to read that for next time as well. Again, I got to pick up unlimited. I know that like I love my reading my things, but then I like this is a scenario where I could just be like, all right, I'll, I'll read those. 
Like yeah, I'm still yeah. going to pick up these. Yeah. The, I still have so many subscriptions and I love my LCS, but sometimes it's like th that instance where now I'm in the mood to read it. And like, if I'm hanging around the house today, I can, you know, grab that aside from yeah. the other stuff I got to read. I did not get to read Ultimate Invasion, by the way. Ultimate Invasion issue uh, two came out. I was going to try to read that, but Hellfire Gala took up so much time for me to read. And, I, and I've been busy. Yeah. I just didn't get a chance. And um, I'm all caught up on Extreme Venomverse. The last issue was was Ooh. funny. It had Jeff the Shark. And he was like a, a giant venom oh, dog shark thing. And it was really funny. And then they also had like this baseball one in it. And then Kingpin became Venom. But, uh, you know, he he gets killed by the carnage that's trying to destroy the Venomverse. Um, and the death of the Venomverse is coming out uh, in this between now and the next time we'll uh, probably be, be talking. So I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to read Death of Venomverse. Um, Extreme Venomverse I've loved for just their individual stories. But, uh, yeah, that and... Um, there's there's some just some new Marvel books I think that are going to be coming out next month that um, I want to read. The Children of the Vault looks good. Um, obviously, the Astonishing Iceman. Oh, Strange Academy Miles Morales comes out next week. I think it's like a Strange one shot. Strange Academy Aca Miles Morales. Yeah, they they also have a Strange Academy Moon Knight coming out. I think in September, um, but I think it's huh. like a one shot. Um, the solicitation is that uh, a mysterious villain crashes the Mathletics, and the students of Strange Academy must team up with Miles Morales to put a stop to his plots. So again, it, it's a Strange Academy um, book. Uh, it's not written by uh, Scotty Young. I mean, I love Scotty's writing, so I don't know if this is going to be as if I'm going to like it as much, but because it's Strange Academy, I might still right. like it a lot because I loved Strange Academy. So I'll probably pick it up. Well, right on, man. Uh, anything else you want to leave people with before we head out at, uh, that you're looking forward to or TV no, shows, I mean, I, movies? I, I, I don't know what else is coming out in this month. I mean, I think I've gone over everything that I think I want to see. Guardians will be on Disney+. Plus. Um, I'm definitely going to rewatch it. Uh, I think that's about it as far as, uh, you know, the Astonishing Iceman I've mentioned many times. Um, Jean Grey, Jean Grey number one comes out, but I think we might talk before that comes out. I think it comes out at the end of August. I'm super excited to read that. I love a good Jean Grey series. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be Phoenix oriented or if it's just going to be about a, a past Jean Grey. I, I don't know, but um, hmm. I like a lot of these X-Men individual stories. I, I just find it's just, uh, you know, get me into that. And then, um, you know, all these fall of X books that are coming out, I probably am going to go crazy and buy them all <laughs> because that's just me. But yeah. uh, I would say if you really want to read Hellfire Gala and then start picking up with books after that and see where it goes. Right on, man. I'm excited to pick up Batter Blood too, dude. Oh, dude. Can't wait, wait. So, <laughs> you message me the second you, uh, you read it. It's, you're going to be like, dude, that was hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. Uh, anything that I left off the list that you wanted to chat about that you got into? Did um, we hit it all? That, I don't think there's anything else I really got into. I, I, I mean, I've gotten into stuff, but it's like, you know, um, it's all stuff we talked about. I just, I've read more. I've read more into Fantastic Four um, and and I finished Clobbering mm -hmm. Time. Um, again, Clobbering Time, I will tell you, without ruining the ending, the guy has a total Thanos feel where he believes he's doing what's right for everyone even though it's not like it, he thinks that what he's been doing through all these issues in, in in what he in what his goal is to accomplish is uh his version of thanos's snap mm. and it, it's really crazy and wild and um i get to see 
my favorite Marvel character ever. I won't spoil it because if you know me, then you know. But if you don't, I don't want to spoil it in the last issue. Um, and it's it's really cool. Right on. Robert Times one of my been one of my favorite reads for Marvel. That Immortal X Men, um, Fantastic Four, Ghost Light was awesome. Finish those up, man. Yeah, I know. Just as uh, I think. Uh, you're pro- you might not be ready for this <laughs> or willing, uh, but because we're halfway through the year, do you have uh, off the top of your head like uh, two or three of your favorite Marvel uh, books that you've read so far this year? Honestly, I think Immortal X-Men, Fantastic Four, Ghostlight, Clobber in Time, all four of those would be up there. Um, I think there was something else that came out earlier in this year, but I can't remember. That was like another mini series. But those four have been just... The fact that I can think of those that even though we're, we're talking about them right off today, the day, yeah, they're just they're so good. And out of all X Men books, there's X Men Red, there's the regular X Men, and there's Immortal X Men. Immortal X Men is so 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 good. And um, I think there's another book coming out. I can't remember what it is. That's written by Al Ewing, and I know that I think oh, you guys would right. love it. I gotta I gotta find out which one it is. But there's a a book that he's writing that um he is is he i can't remember did, which one uh, who did the immortal hulk was that al ewing i don't remember <laughs> I'm because bad. I'm bad. i know because i know all the writers a, and artists but i just i don't remember who i don't remember the name because i don't remember a, which one's with which there's an immortal thor coming out yeah and around the same time as that immortal thor is coming out do you remember when that's coming out <laughs> i just wish i could figure out what I was talking about and what I was thinking that he's writing because it's just awesome. It, I was like, wow, he's writing this and it looks like it's a great book. Um, I, I can't remember. I'll, I'll send you a message and you can put it in comments or something. Okay. Well, right on, man. I had fun hanging out with you today. Thank you for uh, keeping us caught up on Marvel and for like, once again, uh, reigniting the the love for these stories for me. I've been seriously loving them. I, I just did a best of 2023 so far with our friends over at the Pullbox Pals, and I did make sure I threw Fantastic Four on there. And that's all thanks to you, buddy. So thank you for doing these. Thank you for hopping in here and and keeping us up to date, man. Is there uh, any way people can follow you, keep up with what you're doing and uh, all that yeah. good stuff? Um, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Red Optical Corp. I post my books and sometimes videos, and sometimes I pull packs of cards. Just for right. Just for um, right. Just for right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to follow me on there, um, come have a chat with me. Sometimes I'm on your Discord for the comic book layer. Uh, Thank just you chatting. for that, by the way. Um, yeah, no, I mean, way if too people want to chat with me, I'm, I'm trying to find different ways to do it. I don't use Facebook much for chatting, and uh, I don't really know how to use much other social media. I am technically inclined to just avoid as many as possible because I don't know how to use them properly like the Twitters and the things I'm not as good on yeah. those stick to one so, and master it that's yep, what they say Instagram that's where I am I'm, a, I'm, a, yeah. I'm an insta master <laughs> <laughs> insta master alright oh man uh, thanks again uh, you want to take us out of here yeah keep reading comics cowabunga nerds
Like the sound of the Comic Book Layer podcast? Our audio production is provided by Rosecat Audio. Check out Rosecat Audio at rosecataudio.com. R-O-S-E-K-A-T audio.com.